This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The Darkness Awaits. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries. Hey. Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. This is Justin Rimmel from Mysterious Circumstances and Rev 96. This is Jerry and Tracy from, from Hillbilly, Hillbilly Horror, Horror Stories. Stories. Do Do we we have have a special special treat for you? By now, you know that we are doing a live episode in Atchison, Kansas on August 10th. Atchison is home to the infamous Sally House. Atchison is one of the most haunted towns in America. So with the help of Maria Miller, we have an entire weekend in store for you. This is Maria Miller, Tourism Director for Atchison, Kansas. We're excited to welcome all of your listeners to the most haunted town in Kansas and one of the most haunted towns in the country, Atchison, where history repeats itself every single day in the most unusual of ways. You better get your tickets now because we have lots of exciting events planned for you. Besides our live show at Paolucci Restaurant, which is one of the most haunted restaurants in America, there will be haunted trolley rides, cemetery tours, tours of the Sally House, and even an investigation of the Sally House, if you're not too scared. Wow, it doesn't get any better than that. Oh, but it does. Our shows are giving away an amazing prize pack for this show. Two tickets to the live show, a shirt from each one of our shows, and a biggie. The winner and a friend will spend the night in the Sally House Friday, August 9th, with Tracy, Justin, and myself. Everyone can enter to win. Go to our Facebook pages. We have posted a Facebook cover photo. Just make this cover photo your cover photo and send us a message letting us know that you did it. Leave it up for two weeks, and on March 16th, we're going to choose our winner by computer random number selector. Make sure you message us and let us know, because otherwise we won't know you did it. You can get your tickets for all of the Atchison events at hillbillyhorrorstories.com. See you in Kansas. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 130 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. Hello, everybody. That's Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) So... I thought, uh, obviously, we've got a good show for you. And we're going to start off real quick by thanking all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you so much for what you do. God bless each and every one of you. And uh want to actually, of course, bring up that if you're feeling depressed or if you're feeling like you might harm yourself in some way, and this, not even just from a suicide standpoint, I know... Uh, we did a little bit of discussion earlier this week in the group about uh, people who like to do self-harm, whether it be cutting themselves or something like that for some type of, whether it's for uh, a release or whether it's for uh, your version of self-punishment. Just know that there's people out there who are willing to talk to you and get you through these situations. 
And uh, I thought there was a, a great situation earlier this week where Dina Marie shared some stuff and a bunch of other listeners shared some stuff about uh, what they've done in the past. And I thought it was a real culmination of uh, like-minded people trying to help each other out. So I want to say kudos to everybody who participated on that chat. Great job, guys. And uh, thanks for letting people know that they're not alone. Absolutely. Best thing ever. Now, if you are uh, thinking little worse thoughts than that, uh, Suicide Hotline here in the United States, 1-800-273-8255. If you're more of a texter, 741-741. And uh, you don't physically have to talk to somebody over the phone. You can talk back and forth. Some people just feel more comfortable with that. So, mm-hmm. you know, you've got that option right there. So with that being said, normally this is the part where we would just jump right into the story. But there was an event that happened earlier this week that bears talking about. Uh, Tracy had a medical situation on Tuesday night where she suffered a heart attack. And uh, she went to the hospital. And I know so many people out there were concerned. I couldn't keep up with the messages and the well wishes. Um, and we wanted to give a big, I guess, heart help or heartfelt thank you. Yes, thank you, guys. Um, see ya. It's all right, babe. <laughs> I just wanted to thank you guys for your prayers and all your messages and stuff to me and Jerry it meant a world to me and I know it did to him too that was pretty scary um just kind of came out of nowhere and yeah I do have heart problems and all that fun stuff and but I just wanted to say thank you and I love you guys because you really helped me through it but I'm back so get ready for your dumb remarks <laughs> but i'm sorry i'm crying i just i just feel very blessed that because uh, that i'm here because it really was very scary for me and um you guys have been wonderful as always and uh, like i say i love you guys so much and i appreciate everything you've done for us so people um we've had a lot of people ask what happened obviously we can't tell everybody who asks exactly what happened so I figured we'd share a little bit but basically i was working late as usual tracy gave me a call around 8 30 on uh, tuesday night asked me what time i was coming home and i told her we were getting ready to leave then and she said something was wrong so i immediately hightailed it out of there and i luckily only lived like seven minutes up the road and when I got here, she said that she was having trouble breathing and her chest hurt, and it just happened. And unfortunately, she didn't call me immediately, and it had been going on for about 20, 25 minutes. So I just scooped her up into the car and started taking her to the hospital, which probably wasn't the best idea. probably should have just called an ambulance because I realized after we got halfway there and started hitting traffic and stuff that what if something happens, there's nobody that can do anything, and you know I'm stuck on the side of the road. Um, so it was a very scary drive for about the 20 minutes it took us to get to the hospital and uh, i mean normally um it's extremely scary with her in a passenger seat to begin with because she constantly criticizes my driving <laughs> but this was different by by far because when you see somebody that you love that's sitting there suffering and they can't breathe hardly and and you know that they're having a heart attack then you just you're just stuck with what if, what if, what if, what if, and and it just made it a 20 minute drive seem like two hours. And uh, but we got there, and literally as soon as we got there, they took her back to a room, and within 15 minutes, they had her up doing a heart cath on her and finding a blockage. There was a blockage of uh, one of her arteries, and they fixed it. And there you go. So <clears throat> now we just got to do better. 
eating wise, exercise wise, and just taking care of, you know, taking medications, that type of stuff. Amen. So that's where we're at. <laughs> and, um, you know, she's a trooper, so she's back doing the show tonight. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> I'm glad I'm here to do it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you are. And some of you, because we had somebody actually listen. There was a listener that said that right after we got through talking, it was uh, Scott Rupp, matter of fact. He said right after we got through talking, he listened to an episode, and it was an episode from last year when Tracy had a uh, had to go in and have a heart cat done. And the <laughs> it was odd, almost a year to yeah, the day. Yeah, it was one year to the day. We found out once we got to the hospital, they said it was one year to the day of that heart cath of when she went back in. So kind of odd. Yeah. So you need to get off my nuts, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, as usual, we've got a couple of stories for you in between. We'll do the Patreon and the iTunes shout-outs. And we've got some special stuff tonight. First off, we've been hinting around about a new feature that will be part of the show eventually this year. <laughs> Seems like it's taking a little longer, but hey, you can't rush perfection, right? <laughs> but uh, Tim, John, Natasha, and uh, Tracy and myself have been leaving little hints on the Facebook uh, group and, and the fan page mm-hmm. about what may be coming up. One person, I think, has guessed what it is Just so far. Just one person has? Yeah, but they don't know who it is. Oh, so, cause gotcha. They didn't tell them if they were right or wrong. But I know one person has guessed. And we're going to have a final teaser that's, uh might, might give you an idea of what it is. Might not. Mm-hmm. But all I can tell you is in the next week or so, be looking for... And your feed that you're getting this podcast on, be looking for like a maybe a little midweek special announcement. Do I know what it is? No, no, <laughs> you don't. of course you don't. Oh man! Even if you did know, you would know, know a week later. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna re- we're gonna do a little special release. So we'll put something out on this feed and like on a Wednesday or Thursday or something, and it'll tell everybody what it is. Good. So, so we got that coming up tonight. Phil Holmes from Scared, a good friend of the show. We have been talking uh, a little bit. He did something in his, on his show. He did a little bonus episode. Uh-huh. And the bonus episode blew me away. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And it was different than what his show was. And it was in the line of shows like Lore and Unexplained and uh, Pleasing Terrors. It was more along that line. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a big void out there. Those are three of my all-time favorite shows. And I love that type of show. And he did this. And I was like, man, you should just do a show like that. Uh-huh. And uh, he gave it some thought, and he and Gabriel decided that they were going to do a show yeah, like that. Yeah, really great. Yeah, and, and so it just came out. It's called Spooky. And he decided that uh, he wanted to share with us an episode that hadn't come out yet. So we're going to get a sneak peek of that near the end of this show. We'll throw it on there. It's about seven, eight minutes long. You guys are going to love it. Good. Exciting. So, yeah, there's all kinds of fun stuff happening on yeah, this show. Yeah, good. All right, so let's get into the main story. So if I told you that we were going to do a, a story that involved Romania, you would probably guess that we're doing it on Dracula or his, you know, inspiration for Dracula, Vlad Dracul, or most people know as Vlad the Impaler, or maybe Bran Castle, which was mm-hmm. what some people consider to be Dracula's castle, but not tonight. It ain't about lettuce? It's not about lettuce. Okay. <laughs> that would be Romaine, not Romania. Okay. But either way. <laughs> I know you're on this salad kick, so I, I won't take you off. Oh, right. okay. Good. So we're going to stick with the same location, though, in Transylvania. Now, just outside of Cluj-Napoca, that's one of the cities that's in the region of Transylvania, 
is Hoya Bachu Forest. That sounds pretty cool. That's a cool name. Now, we've talked a lot about the Japanese suicide yeah. forest on the show before, uh, Ioka Gahara. And that may be the most well-known forest as far as the paranormal world goes. Hoya Bachu, though, has its fair share of people that will say that it's probably the world's most haunted forest, even if it's not the most well-known. So this forest has got a reputation for intense paranormal activity and unexplained events. There have been reports of ghost sightings, UFOs, faces appearing in photographs that weren't there when the pictures were taken, and unexplained apparitions. This forest is about 1.8 square miles, so it's pretty big as forest goes. Now, visitors to the forest often report intense feelings of anxiety and constantly being watched. The vegetation in this area is very bizarre as far as, like, the appearance of the trees and stuff like that. Like, the, the trees are really oddly shaped, and there's some unexplained uh, charring oh. on the trees. Looks like some, some burn marks and stuff mm-hmm. like that on the tree stumps and on the branches. But these trees, whether you see the pictures that we'll post, I mean, they're bent all crooked and going right. I mean, it's just, it's an odd mm-hmm. shape, you know, odd shape as far as trees goes. The forest was named after a shepherd who disappeared in the area with approximately 200 sheep. Now, most people who live near the forest are afraid to go into the forest, mainly because of all the stories and the legends that are out there. So they believe that those who visit will never return, or those who have been brave enough to actually go in and enter the woods have returned with rashes, burns, scratches, migraines, vomiting, nausea, and other unusual sensations. Dang. Now, I'd be one to argue that I've been into plenty of forests, and I come out with a lot of those same things. I mean, you get scratched up when you're in the forest. Well, yeah. And, you know, you can get, you know, migraines, I guess, if you're walking, if you get dehydrated, rashes, there's poison ivy and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it doesn't seem too crazy, but you're going to see as we get into the story why some of these may be the case, though. So there might be a legitimate explanation That might be paranormal, may not be, may be more scientific. Now, this forest itself became really famous in 1968. That's when Emil Barnia, on August 18, 1968, snapped a really famous picture of a saucer-shaped disc that was flying over the forest. Now, Emil was a military technician at the time, so it gave him some instant credibility. The UFO was hovering over the clearing of the forest, And the clearing of the forest is by far the creepiest part of the forest. It defies the investigation of soil scientists. And we'll get into a little more of that Mm -hmm. here in a little bit later. But several things that showed up in these soil samples that the scientists were looking at were definitely not normal. And that's the part we'll discuss in a little bit. But uh, strange things showed up in the vegetation around there. It all looks like it's been affected by dehydration. Huh. There are no rain or nothing out there? No, No, they do, but... That, but it looks like it's still been dehydrated out there. Wow. And so, I mean, there's even cases, like we said, of burning on the plants and the uh-huh. trees. These trees are all twisted, you know, like I said earlier. So the funny thing is, like, some of them will have, like, where the roots are. They'll uh-huh. have eight trunks growing out of one set of roots. That's crazy. So I mean, the re- the trees that are all twisted, though, do they have leaves and all that on it? A, I a, a little bit. They don't. Because I was going to say, it's if not it burns your, that, it's this, really... looks, this looks like something out of A Nightmare Before Christmas or oh, uh, The Wizard of Oz yeah, or yeah. something. I mean, it doesn't look like something you would normally. Oh, everything cool. about it. Where do you see the pictures? I it's can't really wait to cool. See. 
the matter of fact, these trees, the wood is so hard on it that it can't even be cut with an axe. It's almost like it's petrified. Mm. And the clearing itself is 328 yards or about 300 meters wide. And the whole area is magnetic. Ooh, so not good for the fireplace. <laughs> what? No, probably not. <laughs> but this goes into play where I was talking about earlier where there might be mm-hmm. some logical, logical. reasons why mm-hmm. people have migraines and stuff like yeah. that. So nothing will grow in this area. This, this is like a perfectly round area. And nothing will grow there, including mushrooms. So the trees just kind of stop and form a, almost a perfect oval shape to make this clearing. Whoa. So people think that it's like a gateway to another dimension there. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a guy named Alex who actually did this big uh, documentary about it. It was huge over in Japan. Him and his buddy did it. But at the time, that he, that there was one time when he said he came there and there was about 60 people from Bucharest that were trying to open a, another alternate gateway in the clearing. They were like doing some kind of ritual. But we'll talk more about the stories of the clearing in, in a little bit. But let's get back to Emil and his famous UFO picture. So there have been several UFO sightings, but what set Emil's apart is the fact that he had nothing to gain and everything to lose by reporting the sighting. In Romania at the time, the uh, communist government saw that if you had a belief in the paranormal you were either mad or it was like some kind of state of sabotage. So Emil actually lost his job over this. And then there was no form, uh, no kind of uh, support, financial support for people who were fired. Like, like there was no unemployment insurance or anything Ooh, like that. Wow. So yeah, he was basically slit in his own throat. Yeah. To, by, to bring it up. To yeah. even bring it up. But the fact that he did it means he damn well believed he saw, mm-hmm. and these pictures were what he thought they were. So after Emil's sighting, there was a research done by a bio- biologist, Alexander Siff, and Adrian Fl- Adrian Four. Now, Alexander took several pictures of a flying disc-shaped object in the sky above the forest. And at one point, the object got really close to the ground. He was able to get several good shots of the disc. Now, one of which was so clear that it's listed as the best UFO picture ever taken in Romania and one of the best in the world. Unfortunately, after Siff... Sif died, most of his pictures just disappeared. Oh yeah. man. Now, Adrian Four, on the other hand, he also uh, saw these, these structures or shapes flying at ground level. Some were visible to the naked eye, but some weren't. They showed up in pictures after the fact. There were colorful balls of light that would just appear. Some would be moving. Some were stationary. He installed some measurement devices all around the forest, which showed radioactivity. They showed magnetic uh, uh, anomalies around there, electromagnetic interference, microwave emissions, and infrared emission, all at abnormal ranges from what it should have been in that forest. So these balls of light that he noticed, they were seen on thermal, um, like a thermal camera. You could Mm -hmm. see it. But yet they didn't put off any heat if you were right there. You didn't feel any heat, but somehow the thermal camera showed that it was putting off heat. So that so then that's probably what was killing or burning the plants, maybe. Or it's whatever. possible. You but, know that, but, but, but you can't the, see it. But the it picked up like they were putting off heat, but they really weren't. Like if you were standing there and a picture showed these balls, it would show the heat of them. Like if it was like a person standing there, yeah. but yet the person standing there couldn't feel any heat coming from them. That's pretty wild. So very strange. So when pictures are taken um, in in this area, for whatever reason, they would develop not in the order they were taken. Oh. So let's say they took five pictures. 
Well, how does that happen? For some reason, on the camera, it wouldn't in the order that they were taken. So the second could be fifth, or the first could be fourth, or what have you. That's bizarre. Compasses don't work properly, which makes mm-hmm. sense with, with all the, the magnet- electromagnetic, yeah. the electromagnetic field, and all that going on. There's another story that said there's a pair of green eyes that you can sometimes see out there, and it's usually seen with a black fog or a scream that accompanies it. Okay, so it's not like in a form of anything. It's just black. Just green eyes with a black eyes. fog and some screaming. Screaming? Yep. Oh. You know, the part where I said there's a scream that accompanies it. I didn't hear that. <laughs> How's he screaming if ain't no mouth? I don't know. Maybe it's a different, maybe it's a couple collaborating with each other. Yeah. Why is there eyes with no body? You didn't ask that question. True. All right. So we said we were going to get back to this clearing. And we briefly talked about soil samples. These samples baffle scientists because there is virtually no difference between the soil samples in the clearing from the soil samples in the rest of the well, forest. Well, I mean, how can that be possible? I don't know. That's what. That's why we're doing the story on this place. So the soil samples. Lying. The soil samples inside the clearing are almost exactly the same, but yet nothing will grow there. Nothing ever grows there, and in the rest of the forest, there's no problem. Anything growing. That's so interesting. Many locals believe that the claim is... Not being a team player. <laughs> that part of the forest is not a team player. <laughs> it's like it's like my bald spot. You know, I was thinking that same thing. I'm sure you were. And had to go right in with our hymns commercial. So. Okay. So many locals believe that the clearing here is the epicenter of the paranormal activity. So there's pictures of the clearing where you can actually see several shadow figures hovering off the ground. Well, that would be cool to see. There are several reports of people passing out in this area. Uh, they'll, the funny thing is they'll pass out like in one part of the forest, and they'll wake up in another part of the forest with no knowledge of how they got there or how much time's passed mm-hmm. and no memory of anything in between. Sometimes, hey. sometimes there's hours oh, gosh. difference, and they have no clue what happened between point A and point B. Hmm. Some people have reported... Uh, memories that come back to them when they're in the forest that they had they that from years and years ago that they hadn't thought about and had completely forgotten and for some reason they come back to them when they're in the forest but then as they start leaving the forest and the farther away they get away from the forest the memories fade too i wonder if there's a reason for that memory thing who knows could once again might have something to do with the magnetic field i mean Mm -hmm. i don't know how much studies have been done on researching on, on what magnetic fields would have to people, but maybe there's something about it that triggers something in the brain. I don't know. People have been like walking through the forest and they'll get shoved or the bags that they're carrying will get ripped from their hands by like an unseen force. Well, that's just rude. I remember we were talking earlier about a gateway to another dimension. So there's a story of a five-year-old little girl who went missing, you know, in mm-hmm. the forest. She emerged years later and hadn't aged a bit (gasps) and was in the exact same clothes. Oh, my gosh. Their family must have been so happy. (laughs) That was not the thoughts I was thinking. I was thinking that. So, well, I'm sure they were happy. I mean, their kid came back. But But I'd be like, hey, man, you ain't aged a bit. And she had the exact same clothes. And supposedly those clothes were in, like, great shape. They weren't, like, in tatters or something like that. It was almost like she... So they were just chilling. She was just chilling on the aircraft or the... 
UFO. Whatever it was. She's just chilling. That would be amazing. So it's said that people can use the force to astral project, which is basically like an out-of-body experience, experience, which I'm not even going to try to get into astral projection. You can listen to our friends at Graveyard Tales because they did a whole show on it, and I was completely lost on that show. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's over my head. Astral projection is way over my head. But, you know... How people, interesting is that, though? People, yeah, people here say, claim that they can do that and teleport to any location desired. I want to do that. It's like Star Trek. Yeah. Hey, did you see that meme today on <laughs> Don't Beam Me Up Yet, Scotty? I'm taking a shit. No, I did not see oh, that. Oh, you missed it. <laughs> it's like a, he was up like, like a streak of poo-poo going up <laughs> in the air. Sorry, I saw that. Sorry. So some think the forest was at one point part of Atlantis. And that the energy bubble waves that were created way back then, 55,000 years ago, by the people of Atlantis, make it possible today to do some of this stuff. That's so cool. You know, every time I hear about Atlantis, I'm always, I'm never thinking in the middle of Romania. It's always like it's underwater somewhere, mm-hmm. missing never the middle of Romania. Yeah. So many people who have been there have witnessed this phenomenon, but believe that the ex- experience was a dream. Or was it? The best example of this was in the 1990s when the military was training in this area. Some soldiers were heading back to their military base in a, in a car, and he spotted this man with a staff. They asked the man if he was feeling well, and he said, yeah, he was fine. And then, you know, they climbed back in their car, headed off towards the base. They drove just a few feet and looked back, and this man was completely gone. Hmm. This event was kept secret and investigated by the military. So they obviously thought something was going on. Yeah, yeah. Can you just imagine how much we don't know and that the military does know? Oh, I... I mean, I I don't know if I could, like, have that in my brain or conscience to know all this stuff. Do you think the presidents and everything know when they come in, or do you think they're kept in the dark also? I think the military... My personal opinion is I think the military knows Mm -hmm. the higher-ups, but I don't think the presidents know when Mm -hmm. they come in because I don't think they've... They just heard things they don't tell the president. Yeah, true. They come in and be like, surprise! And they'd be like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. He probably don't. Maybe he don't know. Yeah, it's I probably, don't know if I'd want to know. Be it's, honest. It's probably better that they don't know. Yeah. So. Now, as far as UFO sightings go, since we're on that subject, the last was reported in 2002. There was two Cluj residents who, uh, Cluj is a, the city right there outside mm-hmm. there, sorry. There's two Cluj residents who lived on the top floor of a, uh, uh, Big building right there in a neighboring town. They caught this UFO on film for 27 seconds. And then they were basically describing it as an evolution of a bright object in the sky that was shaped like a cigarette and was about 50 meters long. The UFO rose and went across the sky until it disappeared into a mass of clouds. Hmm. So we briefly mentioned earlier about Alex. He was the mm-hmm. tour guy that we yeah. talked about the, the 50 or 60 different people from Bucharest trying to open up a, a, a portal. portal, basically. So Alex has had a bunch of experiences there. One night, he and some friends decided they were going to spend the night there. Now, Alex doesn't like spending the night there. Oh, shoot, I don't and this mind. is why. He and his friends were basically being awoken several times during the night with what sounded like a loud hoof noise, like a horse or a large deer, mm-hmm. is how he put it. Every time they would stick their head out from the tent to investigate, the noise would stop. 
So the next time he heard it, he decided they were going to sleep in a hammock to be closer to the noise. But that was short-lived because a bat smashed into his face. That's funny. Now, Alex said that the creepiest thing to actually happen on a tour wasn't by him, but it was by one of his friends. We're going to tell you that story in a second. (laughs) Alex said the only thing that really happened to him that he thought was kind of crazy was there was a man that lost it and went crazy on him and said that he had met a demon. And this guy had just gotten a massive tattoo of a demon on his chest to ward off demons, oddly enough. Was that supposed to work? I don't know. Apparently Apparently it didn't. So anyway, the scariest thing he said happened to a colleague of his. He said they were doing an, uh, an extended night tour, and it was it was a one on one tour. Basically, it was the uh, one this this guy that was the um, visitor, and then you had the tour guide, which was his friend. And he said this guy was the the, the guy that booked the tour was a very morbid guy. All he talked about was his obsession with his own death. Mm. Now he enjoyed being with people. As they died. Think about like that. With them and then they died. Yeah, he or liked to be with them. As people were dying, he liked to be with hmm. them. Well, that's okay if you're a loving, caring person and you love them. But <laughs> Well, not. he said he enjoyed watching them die. Oh, that's not cool. So you can imagine if you were out in this forest mm-hmm. at nighttime, just you and one other person, and that person was telling you about how he liked to watch people die and he enjoyed it. and all that. So you could imagine that would be a very creepy instance. Oh, yeah. No more sleepovers for you. Because <laughs> I wouldn't like that. Now, we made mention to the suicide force in Japan earlier. And similar to here, there have been several people who have committed suicide in this force mm-hmm. as well. There's also been several people who have went missing and never found. People have seen unexplainable bright lights coming from within the woods with no explanation at all as to where it could be coming from and no source to where it could be coming from. There's not a lot of electricity out there in the woods, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. So one phenomenon that has been recorded and researched over the last 50 years in the woods is the fact that it's haunted by Romanian peasants who were murdered here. Are you so, talking about, like, homeless people? Is that what a peasant yeah, is? more like poor people. Aw. It's believed that they were tortured, and their tortured souls are trapped here. God. These entities are enraged by the fact that they're stuck and can't go anywhere, and they're sometimes seen by terrified travelers. More recently, the paranormal energy of the forest has taken on the form of poltergeist and ghost activity. A paranormal investigator on a TV show was scratched and thrown to the ground by invisible hands on camera. So UFOs, a magnetic clearing where nothing grows, lights with no logical source, poltergeists and ghost activity and EVPs. Some of the stories may be maybe exaggerated a little bit, but scientific evidence proves that something strange is definitely going on here. Specialists from all around the world are fascinated with this forest. Researchers from Hungary, France, Germany, and the U.S. have all spent plenty of time studying the mysteries here. Some have even managed to capture some manifestations on film, including faces and apparitions. I want that to happen just one time. The apparition? To get a face on the camera that weren't there. As many selfies as you take, the only face you're ever going to get is yours. Mm, True story. But I'd like to get somebody else's face. We know if you catch a ghost, it's going to be on Snapchat. (laughs) (laughs) 
He'll probably be cute. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> have a little ghost with a little mustache on him. <laughs> so that's the story of Hoy About You. I know you interrupted right on the last line. Damn, so I know I it. I thought there was more to go. I'm sorry, no, guys. No, there was none. That was no. it. That's a good story. <laughs> it really was a good story. It's cool because we don't get a whole lot of haunted forest stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I shall not go into a forest. <laughs> we go into the forest all the time. Where? Well, well yeah, I guess we do, but not ever anymore. You <laughs> <Okay. laughs> make me scared. All right. Would you like to get into this week's iTunes oh. reviews? I sure would. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you guys for your reviews. They were amazing. Um, we have Deb1569, Joseph Rogers, Pumpkin3176, a.k.a. Paula, Reverend Jake, Shudweiler, Shudweiler, I think, <laughs> a.k.a. JF, DJ Asylum, Papa's Gray Beard, and Caught by Grace. Thank you guys for those amazing reviews. They were so very sweet. We appreciate them. And, and go ahead. don't forget, after our Patreon reviews, we've got uh, another story to do, and then we've yeah. got a couple of things going on, so okay. don't hang up on us yet. Don't go, yo. Um, our Patreons was Joseph Rogers, Jordan Bondi, Hayden Geary, L. Derby, and Mike A. You guys rock. Thank you so much for your support, both monetary and iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> don't think that's a word it's, I know I just made it but we love 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 you guys so much for being there for us and uh, we just can't say it enough we are so pleased to welcome a new sponsor to the show and this could not have came at a better time because healthy eating is more important to us right now than it's ever been would Boy, you agree I agree so we've got HelloFresh decided to come on board for us and you know, HelloFresh, for those of you who are unfamiliar, it's a meal kit delivery service that they shop for you. They do the plans. They deliver step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients. So all you have to do is just cook, eat, and enjoy. And I would say that's basically what we've experienced so far. We have. Um, the the meals that we had were so amazing. And they come in this cute little package. I ha- I'm, like, so excited to open the bag to see what was in there. <laughs> it was just it was a lot of fun. So what we're going to do, we got obviously, you're wanting to achieve your 2019 goals as easy as, you know, enjoying delicious home-cooked meals with HelloFresh. Mm-hmm. You know, you got fresh pre-measured ingredients, easy to follow, six-step picture recipe cards are delivered to your door each week in a special insulated box, which is what you was talking about. Yes. Uh-huh. And inside this box, obviously, you've got, you know, whatever meals you've picked out, it's got a code section. Mm-hmm. So you've got the uh, the your fresh meat, like in ours, we had uh, one that had ground beef, we had one that had chicken breast, mm-hmm. and we had uh, pork chops. Correct. So and and that was in a separate section. Then you had these little brown paper bags that had all of your ingredients for that meal, plus all of your little pictures. It was really cool. So you could spend less time, you know, planning the meal and and grocery shopping, so you can get back to the things that you really like doing. Yeah, and it's fun to do with each other as well. I mean, it took like what thirty minutes to do it. All. Yeah, that's and that's the key. You can you, look. You get to choose from classic veggie or family, and you can switch these back and forth whenever your taste mm-hmm. changes. Basically, but these are set up so they all are done in 30 minutes max. Yeah, and they were delicious, too. They were so good. 
and I thought what else is cool, and you probably didn't even realize this when you're doing it, all the recipes calls for less than two pots and pans. I know. How That's crazy it. is that? Yeah, so. it was a lot of fun, guys. If you if you have not tried this, you need to. Like I say, it's a lot of fun. All the food is fresh. It's good and delicious. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. And the fact that, like you said, it was fun making it together. The, I know the first one we made was the sweet and smoky pork chops. Mm, you love you some pork chops. I do love me some pork chops. And it was awesome because this one came with, um, uh, it came with the, the potatoes in it. So yep. they had the Yukon mm-hmm. gold potatoes and you made those. And then you had, uh, oh, they had that slaw that was awesome. It was, that it was, slaw. It was called apple carrot slaw. I'll tell you what, I think I ate that whole bowl. Oh, that's all. It was so delicious. Yeah, but it had it had apples and it had the uh, uh, obviously the carrots in it and it had the sauce and stuff. Mm. But man, it was it was, it was really so good. good. And the whole meal was only seven hundred calories. I know you can't beat it. No, really, you can't. And the pork chops was good. They they had like a, a paprika, smoky yes. paprika on mm-hmm. it. Yeah, really good. So that was awesome. And then the next one that we did was the presto pesto panko chicken, and it was awesome too. Yeah, it was delicious. So you guys need to give it a try. You won't be disappointed for sure. But that one was delicious too. But I think so far, I think the pork chops were my favorite. Mm-hmm. Which one? Did I mean, you it, like? well, you know what? And that's so funny that you say that. I don't eat pork chops that much, which you know this, but I did eat that pork chop, and it was really good. So, and I think I don't know. It's a toss up. I love that chicken too. I know we're going to be getting a lot more of this stuff. So, yeah. Like I said, couldn't have came at a better time considering this week's events. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a chance to get into the same kind of situation we're in and start getting yeah. these delivery meals right to your door. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I need you to take advantage of HelloFresh's special offer for 2019. Get $80 off your first month by going to HelloFresh.com slash Hillbilly80. And then you're going to enter Hillbilly80 for the, uh, the code that they're going to give you. So remember, HelloFresh.com slash Hillbilly80 and enter Hillbilly80 for the code. I mean, basically, it's like receiving eight meals for free during mm-hmm. the course of the month. Yeah, it actually is. So, And you guys win. get to spend time with your loved ones and make dinner together. It's an easy fix. It I mean, is so when easy. You don't, I mean, think about it. You don't have to worry about measuring stuff. You nope. just pull it out of a bag. You got the right amount of paprika. You got the right amount yep. of whatever seasoning it gives you. So... You know, jump in there, take advantage, guys. I know you won't regret it. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. We're going to play this clip from Phil Holmes. Okay. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought it was very funny. Uh-huh. And well done. But this will show you exactly what the show is. If you get a chance, check out Spooky. Go yes, ahead and, please do. Yeah, go ahead and, and um, subscribe to it on iTunes. But check this out for right now. Hi, I'm Gabriel. I'm 11 and I live with my dad. And we make the podcast Scared. We had a tough year last year, but we got through it thanks to Jerry and Tracy. Our podcast scared does really well, but Jerry is always telling my dad off. I love Jerry. My dad started telling ghost stories about ghosts. And Jerry said you should make a new podcast. And because of Jerry and Tracy, so me and my dad created Spooky. The most terrifying tales of the unexplained. Basically, my dad telling ghost stories. We were so upset when Jerry told us Tracy wasn't well, but Tracy sent us both a message from the hospital and said, shut up and get on with it. 
We love them both for our new family, and Jerry and Tracy have kindly said we can give you a taster. So my dad will tell you the story of a ghost in the White House. Holmes, and this is Spooky. Former President Abraham Lincoln is still in the White House, but he's not alive, and he's certainly not well. The president who led the United States out of that bitter civil war, only to be assassinated in April 1865, now reportedly haunts the corridors of the White House as a ghost. Former American presidents and other celebrated visitors all claim to have seen him, or certainly felt him there, over the last 150 years. Prime Minister of Britain during the war, Sir Winston Churchill, did not enjoy sleeping in Lincoln's old bedroom. While staying at the White House, he frequently asked to move to a different room, always during the night. Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands is said to have fainted after answering a knock on the Rose Room door to find Lincoln himself standing outside. And President Theodore Roosevelt once said, I see Lincoln all the time, shambling, homely, with his sad, strong, deep-furrowed face. I see him in different rooms and halls. The most dramatic appearance, though, was in 1934 and Franklin Roosevelt was president. One of the White House staff, Mary Eben, entered a room on the second floor to find a figure in an old-fashioned black coat sitting on the bed, pulling on a pair of boots. She stared. She was scared. She was stunned. She stared, terrified, at the man for several seconds before he vanished. Though more than 40 years earlier, another White House assistant made a public appeal to Lincoln's ghost just to leave him alone. John Kenny was a personal bodyguard to President Benjamin Harrison. Between the years of 1889 and 1893, he'd constantly hear footsteps in the corridors, knocking on doors, and when he'd go to look, there was nobody there. On a visit to Baltimore, he went to a seance at which Lincoln's spirit was apparently there. Kenny is said to have said, "'Please don't do it again, Mr. Lincoln.' I'm guarding the life of President Harrison now, and you've got me so scared, I can't do my duty. Kenny never heard from the ghost again. It's reported, during times of crisis, that Lincoln is said to appear more often. The chief White House usher saw him several times during World War II, which led to one of Theodore Roosevelt's assistants, fleeing, shrieking from the White House. Though, even when Lincoln was alive himself in the White House, as the 16th President of the United States, there were ghosts there then. His wife, who was a confirmed spiritualist, saw her brother Alexander after he was killed whilst fighting in the Civil War. Lincoln himself had a premonition of his own death. Shortly before his assassination, he told one of his assistants that he'd been woken up 
by quiet crying. He said, before me was a group of mourners with a corpse whose face was covered. Who is dead? I demanded of the mourners. The president was the reply. He was killed by an assassin. Franklin Roosevelt's death in 1945 was also chilling, and many blame it on an ancient Shawnee curse. It's said, 200 years previously, a Shawnee chief died in a pitch battle with William Harrison, who then was governor of Indiana. For revenge, the Shawnee placed a curse on Harrison. Some spoke of how the governor would become president in a year ending in a zero, but he would die in office. From then on, any president of the United States elected in a year divisible by 20 would also die before his term ended. Harrison was duly elected president in 1840 and died a month after taking office. Abraham Lincoln was elected 20 years later, was assassinated, and the deaths of five other American presidents have also been linked to this Shawnee curse. James Garfield was elected to office in 1880, assassinated 1881. William McKinley, re-elected in 1900, assassinated 1901. Warren Harding, elected 1920, died of a stroke 1923. Franklin Roosevelt, elected in 1940, died 1945. And JFK, elected 1960, assassinated 1963. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you haven't, it's Jerry's fault. And if you'd like to hear more, search your podcast app for Spooky. We love you, Jerry and Tracy. Very interesting stuff. Nobody's got a voice like Phil Holmes. No, it's a very. I like his voice actually, and he's so funny. He is funny, and I love you, Gabriel. Okay, so we're gonna do our second story tonight, and then uh, we'll play our little teaser at the end of it. So it's been a while since we've done a cemetery story, so I thought we'd do a haunted cemetery story tonight. All right. So probably dead children's playground and bachelor grove in chicago might be the only two we've done Mm -hmm. and even dead children's playground really wasn't about a cemetery it was next to the cemetery but it was more you know about the remember that kid fell down the hill (laughs) (laughs) it was so funny all right sorry go ahead (laughs) i think Haley and i missed that they were there but i don't think they saw him fall down the hill oh my gosh that was the best thing ever so anyway so i've been in a Savannah, Georgia kick recently, ever since, uh, you know, we were told that a visitor was going to be going there. I think it was Heather was going to be going mm-hmm. there, and she wants some ideas. And also, we did a whole week's worth of right. shorts on it. And But I, as I was looking up stories for shorts, I kept finding all these amazing stories. And I'm like, damn, I could do a story, literally, like we said, every week on Savannah. And I found one that I thought was cool. I ran across uh, some stories of Colonial Park Cemetery. 
So the first thing I want to ask you is, do you know the difference between a cemetery and a graveyard? I do not. I don't. I didn't either. But what I never I, even thought about it. What I found out was back in the early, early days, when people died, they were buried at the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a graveyard. You know, I didn't know that. And now, as time went on, and mm-hmm. there was not enough room at the church, they had to build off-site cemeteries. Yeah. And they called them cemeteries, which actually is, I can't remember if it's French or, but it, it's the the it's the meaning was graveyard. So <laughs> it was the same. Cemetery actually means graveyard anyway. Yeah. But that was the difference. Was the fact that mm-hmm. the graveyard was actually at the church. Yeah. And the cemeteries were offsite. So it was Colonial Park Cemetery is located at Abercorn and Oglethorpe in Savannah, Georgia. It's one of the most haunted locations in all of Savannah, and it much so deserving of his nickname, Paranormal Central. That's what people in Savannah mm. call it. Or at least, you know, paranormal yeah. people yeah. call it their investigators. So the cemetery opened in 1750, making it the oldest cemetery in Savannah. There were older cemeteries before that, but Savannah has kind of paved over the top or built over the top of several of the older cemeteries. Now, the habit of building over these cemeteries has earned it the nickname as the city that lives upon her dead. This six-acre cemetery has over 10,000 people buried there. Now, due to the fact that so many people were buried in mass graves, there are less than 1,000 headstones or markers, even though there are 10,000 people buried there. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Other markers have been destroyed or knocked down, and many people think that the desecration and the vandalism here is what has fueled the paranormal activity. The other cemetery we have done stories on in the past, for the most part, were just haunted. Not, you know, a lot of dark history mm-hmm. on the location of the actual cemeteries. This place is different, though. So, for example, just past the southern wall is a... Uh, little small area that's a, it's a park right now. It's got basketball goals and, you know, a small playground like you would expect a park to have. But it wasn't always a park. At one point in time, dueling, dueling you know, with the guns and everything were, was legal in Savannah. And this area is what was rumored to be the dueling grounds at the time. So eventually, Savannah outlawed dueling and if you wanted to fight with each other, you had to go to South Carolina or to uh, Hutchison Island. Hmm. So it's also possible, according to the rumors, that this area of the park was a mass grave for yellow fever victims. This is probably not the case, though, because there's actually been some um, ground penetration radar done here, and no bodies were actually located in the area. So maybe no mass grave there, but there probably was plenty of people killed Right there in that spot when it was a dueling area. Yeah, I hope there wasn't. Savannah is also home to a thriving voodoo community. And many voodoo practitioners live in the area around the cemetery. Now, the cemetery is now closed at nighttime. But before that, many visitors would often find the remnants of a voodoo ceremony from the night before. Some of the rituals would use the soil from the graves. Graves were sometimes even disturbed and broken into to obtain human bones. Oh, my gosh. So what happened to those people then? Like what? voodoo priests or whatever. I mean, did they was they, did they have any consequences for what doing that? Or? I mean, I'm sure they had to catch them. So I just wonder what happened to them when they did get caught. Oh, I don't know. Caught. I don't know. 
Some may dispute what levels these rituals were actually performed, but no one will dispute the fact the ceremonies did take place here. So there are several stories of ghosts in the cemetery as well. One of the most popular, Renee Rondola's, may be the most popular one. You may see Renee's ghost just kind of walking through the cemetery or hanging from the hanging tree. The hanging tree, by the way, is near the back of the cemetery. And we talk sometimes on this show about people seeing a ghost or a shadow figure, and which, you know, people see plenty of shadow figures here in, in, in strange green mists mm-hmm. in the cemetery. Was Renee a man or a woman? It was a man. Okay. And, you know, like I said, when we talk about people like that, we're always like, oh, they say this is the ghost of Renee. And we're like, how the hell you know it's the ghost of Renee? Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, people believe they see Renee because he was pretty much about a seven foot tall person in oh, yeah. real life. Well, wow. <laughs> so they had to hang him from a hole. Right. <laughs> so the fact that he's seven foot tall, if you see a seven foot tall shadow figure, it might be a pretty good hint. Yeah, that maybe, yeah. You know. So what supposedly happened here was the story is that Renee killed two young girls in the cemetery. He was caught shortly after uh, by an angry lynch mob, and he was hung uh, from the hanging tree back there. But before too long, people started reporting seeing a large shadow figure walking around the cemetery. This is another great story that's probably not true, because there's no record of two girls ever being murdered in the cemetery. There's also no record of Renee Rondelaire. Could be Rondelet, could be French, mm-hmm. but there's no record of him even existing either. Yeah. So, but it's yeah. still a cool story. Yeah, and people are still seeing shadow figures, so it just may not be him. Be him, right? And so maybe some guy on top of some guy's shoulder. It could be. It could be like an old, <laughs> old vaudeville act. Yeah. So the most famous ghost in the Colonial Cemetery may not even be a real person. When you think about that, because mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. he is the most famous person, and we don't even know if he exists or not. Mm-hmm. So back in the early days, it was even possible to have your body lost, believe it or not, here at the cemetery. That's right, lost. On June 19, 1786, Major General Nathaniel Green died of a heat stroke at his plantation just outside of Savannah. Now, Major General Green was kind of a big deal. He was the second in command to George Washington in the Revolutionary War. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. So he transported his body... um, by boat to Savannah the very next day after his death. They transported his body from there to the cemetery later that day. Now, the Graham family, they had a vault, but they weren't using it because, you know, I guess nobody in the family was dead. So Major General Green was going to be buried in the Graham vault. Now, by the way, the real reason that it was available was because the Graham family had fled the country uh, years before, a few Mm. years before that, because they were on England's side during the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. And as they could see that uh, the co- the government was actually going to, the Revolutionary War was actually going to win the independence from England, they just decided they didn't want to be here and went back to England. So, Well, lucky for him. But that's why the vault was available. So then here you go a few years later, Major General uh, dies, and he's buried there in that tomb. Well, a few years after that, his son, George Washington Green, passed away in a boating accident. So they opened up the vault to put him in it on April 4th, 1790. Now, sometime over the next 30 years, they lost the location of where this vault was and both, both men. So there was a committee appointed 
but they couldn't locate the, the final resting place of the two men. So they just gave up on it until 1901. That's when a gentleman by the name of Ozza Bird, who is president of the Rhode Island Society of Cincinnati, which is weird in its own right to be the president of the Rhode Island Society of Cincinnati. Now, anyways, they don't know where they were. He came to Savannah for the sole purpose of finding the burial place of the two men. He inspected several family vaults and eventually found the general and his son. They were in the Graham Mossman family vault. There was a bunch of pieces that left no doubt that these were the remains that he was looking for. So their bodies were eventually moved to uh, Johnson Square in 1902, where they remain today. They actually put up a, a, a big obelisk mon- monument right there on top of the grave. So the men are buried right underneath the obelisk. What pieces did they find? You mean like jewelry I don't know. or something? I don't know. I don't really know what it was, but something obviously gave it away. They'd be like, dang, that looks like his ear. I'd know that ear anywhere. So well, it's I mean, cool. They're, buried, they're mean, buried underneath that monument now, and millions of people see that monument every year. So even though oh, they went missing really for a while, neat. now they've gotten yeah. what they deserve. Well, I can't believe he found them. Yeah. Some people just say, well, whatever. I mean, hello. but he, I mean, It took like 100 years. He was a trooper. He was a trooper. He was a trooper. They, just, they, they didn't have nothing better to do, so mm-hmm. he was laying there. Hmm. Thanks, Ninch. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I think this has been a pretty eventful show so far. Yeah. So we've had a little bit of tears. We've had some laughter. We've had a haunted forest. We've had a haunted cemetery. We've heard Phil talk about uh, Lincoln in mm-hmm. the White House, dead or alive. Mm-hmm. And now the only thing left to do is to tell you that we've got a whole bunch of live shows coming up. Do not do not forget about those. Yeah, don't. Yeah, April 6th, we've sold a bunch of those tickets. And I think... Waverly is sold out. Last is it? I looked, last I looked, there was only two tickets available, and I am—I promise you—I'm working I'll on trying to show. get a second tour set up. Yeah. So don't give up hope yet. If you got tickets, don't let that deter you from buying tickets. Because hey, we're worth the trip, even without Waverly. Maybe wow. we're not. Wow. I keep seeing now something out of the corner of my eye, and it's totally driving me crazy. I'm like, I don't know what it is. I can't handle another medical emergency. I, I know. I can't either. But it's just like, maybe it's just a hair or something. It probably like is. driving me nuts. I've been saying it's it It's probably stuck on your glasses or something. Maybe that's what it the, is. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on that, but it's like driving me nuts. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody here would rather hear about what you're seeing out of the corner of your eye than, <laughs> you know. Now, if you can tie it to the paranormal somehow, they might be interested. I didn't think so. Nah, so anyways. No way. All those shows, the Houston show is... Um, that's coming up quick. That's in May. That's only like a couple of months away when you really think about it. So, The Confessionals, Sasquatch Chronicles, Twisted Philly, and us all in Houston. And this restaurant we're having it at is having a, um, what do you call those? An enchilada bar. This is oh an enchilada. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't know about, oh. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh-uh. Yeah. Well, I don't like the Pig out that day. So, anyways, anyway, maybe it's not. Gonna, it's I'm trying be, to watch my diet. It's going to be cool. So we we alluded to earlier that we have our last little hint, and uh, Tim did a really good job on this. It's a nice little audio that hopefully it'll give you an idea where we're at. But like I said, please keep focused on your little hillbilly horror story feed and maybe wednesday thursday next week you might get a little something extra pop up that will tell you exactly what we're going to do and then we'll we'll actually do this 
special bonus next Sunday. Sounds great, babe. So it's taken a while. It's been a lot of effort put into this. We really hope you guys enjoy what's coming on. And we hope you guys have a fabulous week. We love you. So, this is where the magic happens, huh? Well, (laughs) the magic of the podcast, anyway. (laughs) Oh, there's their dresser drawers. Let's go check those out. All right, Tracy. Now that's kinky. Wait a minute. This is... Oh, my God. These are Jerry's. Oh, I think I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. I I, I think I'll just stay out of those for now. (laughs) No, that joke is way, way too easy. Come on, come on, where is it? I've got to find the reveal of the big secret. It's got to be around here somewhere. Ah, think, 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 think. Oh, the closet. No, no. Ooh, that's tacky. Come on. Ooh, I like that. One of that. No, that's a dress. Never mind. No. Ah, no. I don't think it's in here. Alright, if I was Jerry, where would I put a secret on the podcast? Oh my god. The laptop. What was I? Oh man, where's the laptop? <gasps> there it is. The laptop. Alright, let's see. Password, password. Ninja? Nah, can't be. Let's try it. And enter. <laughs> well, that was easy enough. Oh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Let's see. What does this button do? This podcast is part of the Bomb Pod. Nope. That's not it. And this one? Hey, I like that song. You know, I could listen to that all day, but that is not what I'm looking for. Come on. They're going to be home shortly. Where are you? Ah, is this it? I Oh, I think this is it. Come on. Lucky me, lucky me, and go. Oh, crap. Hide, hide, hide. I got nowhere to hide. 
window, window, out the window. Shoot, so close.